we have to think of something smarter than good bad movies or something funnier something more catchy yeah, I'm not going to be like on my resume, Isadora Lamego applying to residency, creator of the Good Bad Movies podcast, because that makes me sound like a basic bitch 14-year-old. Yeah. You know, yeah, how did this get made has already been made as a podcast name. We'll find something. We'll find a name that works. But for the moment, welcome to our pilot episode of Not Good Bad Movies. Good Bad Movies. You paused. Oh, Irish Wi-Fi. Waiting. Waiting till Cormac comes around. His face is really cute. But he is paused. Boop, boop, boop. Doop, boop, doop, boop. Sorry, I got cut off there. So, welcome to the first episode of our yet-untitled movie podcast called Not Good Bad Movies. Good Bad Movies! Something It'll be like better. that, but it's going to be better than that. Um, so, our seminal movie uh, is 1993's loose adaptation of Super Perfect Mario Perfect adaptation. Brothers. Perfect adaptation. Okay. We'll um, we'll get back to that later. Um, so if like Isadora six months ago, you were wondering what they made a Super Mario Brothers movie? Uh, yes, they did. At the height of Mario's fame in 1993, uh, it was supposed to be the biggest film of the year. It came out the same year as Jurassic Park, and everyone expected it to be a box office smash. There's nothing incorrect about that statement. It really was the biggest film of the year. In my mind. Of the decade, of the century, you know. Okay. Um, we'll, get, we'll get back to that later. Um, Will we, though? Because it's perfect. Could you give us a summary of the, of the plot for a blind and deaf person who's never seen Super Mario Brothers and will never have to see it? Never be put you at. Blade Runner on aesthetic dinosaur crack in which we have two plumbers with some pretty good New Yorky, New Jersey, I don't know, man, I don't really know American accents, accents, and the entire plot is that they have to rescue not Princess Peach, Princess Daisy, who is in the incorrect color scheme because her dress is purple, not orange. They have to rescue Daisy from evil dinosaur overlord an evil dinosaur world where everyone still looks human but it's okay because it's a aesthetic and b daisy is a serious bop like she is great fam like i adore her all my feminist principles are all about her her hair is fabulous she is principled she is aggressive oh and there are mushrooms everywhere there is fungus and you know that i mean my current aesthetic is that i want to fit underneath a mushroom umbrella so this this movie just had vibes. It had vibes. It was a bop. It was 10 out of 10. Everything about it was perfect. They have an animatronic dinosaur Yoshi. This, look, there was nothing that I couldn't be given with this movie. And I don't care when people say it was bad. It feels like it would have been the greatest movie ever to work in. There. Okay. Put that out there. Okay. Um, yeah, so to, to summarize insane people language, um, 
Super Mario Brothers is about a pair of plumbers who are not brothers uh, who get transported from uh, modern day Brooklyn to a alternate reality uh, where dinosaurs uh, didn't die out during the uh, meteor blast 65 million years ago and instead live in a parallel dimension. Uh, they go there to save a damsel in distress who is not Peach but Daisy and who falls in love with uh, Luigi. Also, Mario's uh, girlfriend isn't called Peach, which I think was the biggest writing oversight of the writing big, team. That was a big fumble. Mario's a girlfriend who's got like big... She looks like uh, the, like the girl from My Cousin Vinny. Like she's got that big Italian hair. And she, oh, beautiful it, Italian hair. Yeah, and she's uh, a bit like your hair if it, humidity was 100%. If the Latina hair decided to go full fro, yes. went full yes. like frizz. Um, so they go to Dinotopia. They face off against uh, King Koopa. And uh, there's fungus everywhere. It turns out to be the disposed king. And then at the end... They defeat the bad guy and everything goes back to normal. But they have to go back to their own worlds. And uh, Daisy has to stay there for sad reasons. Like at the end of Spider-Man or Catwoman where it's like, I'm a hero so we can't be together to make the ending sort of bittersweet, even though it doesn't make an awful lot of sense. But then they had a place for the sequel, which was fantastic. Yeah, so I they didn't end- know why there isn't a sequel. Yeah, they ended with this um, like Back to the Future moments like... Where it's like, Mario, you have to come. There's something going on. And it's 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 the Peach character, the Daisy character, which is in like full SWAT gear and she's got a gun. You're like, oh my god, what's happening? And she's like, there's no time to explain. Get in the car, Mario. And then he's, he's like, well, I guess I better get in the car for the sequel. And then that's the end. You know what I really appreciate about the whole movie, though? Is that Luigi has such a big role. Like, so many people do not seem to really know how great Luigi is. Although apparently he's really popular statistically with women. Apparently he's, female he's characters love Luigi. Popular with women, yeah. Yeah. What, why then, is it? Do women just find him cuter? Do they like his color scheme? Do they like how he's kind of scared and awkward in Luigi's mansion? I is mean, he... you know, awkward, tall, white guys are like my... Yeah. So maybe... No. <laughs> like, I do actually just think that I think Luigi's like a more adorable character than Mario. I find him more aesthetically appealing. I feel like he doesn't objectify women as much as Mario and Bowser. Like, Mario and Bowser are always fighting over Peach. And, like, they, in the new um, Mario Odyssey movie, or uh, game, spoiler alert, Peach is like, I don't like either of you. I'm going to do my own thing. And then they're both like, but but I thought you liked me. And they, like, cry into each other's arms. This is deep feels for a game that is aimed at 7 plus. At 7 plus tears going down my cheek. 7 plus tears going down your cheek. Um. Yeah. But no, I actually think that, I just think Luigi's like a more adorable video game character. But the most important thing about the movie is that he gets so much screen time in comparison to Mario. Like, I actually feel like he is an equal character or slightly more important than Mario in the movie, which I really appreciated. Also, their color schemes were slightly off. Like, Luigi was wearing red and Mario was wearing green for a large portion of the movie. For no reason. It's only like the very last part of the film that they actually get into their traditional plumber gear. But even before that, there's nothing like hinting towards the color scheme. Like, I didn't want it to be like a Power Rangers thing where they're always in their color, but they could have had like subtle wardrobe in the game. I wanted it to be a Power Rangers thing because the original Power Rangers was my childhood and therefore I have a deep aesthetic love of it. It did feel like, um, it did feel like that Power Rangers vibe. 
And as the uh, actor and songwriter from Power Rangers musical, I can relate to it myself, um, Black Power Ranger. Um, but yeah, it's a, look, look, I guess for people who don't know how the movie came to fruition, let's go way, way back to the 1980s. So what, Isidore, what is the first game that Mario appeared in? Donkey Kong! I knew yes. this one. Exactly, this one. 1981's <laughs> Donkey Kong, the arcade sensation. And what was Mario's name in the game? Plumber Man. You're, you're quite close. It was Jump Man. Uh, because from the start... I think of... I'd be better at like answering these questions, but no. The ADHD yeah. man. <laughs> from the start of Nintendo games, it was always about what you do. Mario is about jumping. He's literally a jump man. So... Like, well, Mario games and Nintendo games in general can have, you know, uh, strong characters and vibrant worlds. It's mainly about what you do. Like, and Mario's platform is about jumping, which makes me think that it's not the best choice for a linear three-act film. And um, It was a fantastic choice. They had set designs that were literally Blade Runner, but on video game crack. Like, okay, all things considered... Their world building was like chef's kiss. I saw that and I was like, this is exactly what I want. It's like Neo-Tokyo Blade Runner, but dinosaurs and I don't know. It was just fantastic. Every single thing about it was so appealing. Like, I really do think that the art directors, at the very least, should have been awarded heavily for their aesthetic. Because world building is hard. Yeah. I mean, the art direction was amazing. They got the um, they got the set designer from or the production designer from Blade Runner to uh, to design the sets. But I feel like the film overall was a mess. So to give uh, a bit a of background mess. on this, Super Mario Brothers comes out in uh, 1985 with the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, it takes the world by storm, uh, peaking arguably with Super Mario Brothers 3 in uh, 1989 and Super Mario World and the Super NES in 1990. Uh, so at this stage Mario is more recognizable than Mickey Mouse. He is massive in kids. He's on, with kids. He's on lunchboxes. He's on um, uh, TV shows. Um, but Nintendo had previously had one dalliance with Hollywood to not great success. Isadora, do you know the movie that I'm talking about? I'll give you a clue. I love the power glove. It's so bad. No, no, this is the thing that makes me stressed when you ask me questions suddenly and I don't know the answer. You're I get stressed. Me questions. It's like medical school all over no, again. Get a question. No. No. So, it was 1989's The Wizard, which um, climaxes with the reveal of Super Mario Bros. 3. So, Nintendo was, when they saw this movie, they, gave, they didn't have much input into it. They gave Universal basically a carte blanche to make a movie, but they're kind of underwhelmed by it. And they said, you know, if we're going to give our rights for to make our movies to someone who wanted to be good, so all the big studios pitched uh, their ideas of Super Mario Bros. movie to, uh, to Nintendo. Nintendo said, no, like we want someone who's really going to have a vision, invest in it. So they turned down Universal and a lot of other big studios and went with a small, unproven production company, which ended up being an unmitigated... Disaster. Amazing. Amazing in every single way, shape, and form. And Cormac is incorrect. History will prove 
<laughs> Mario Brothers was a fantastic movie. So Mario Brothers, it's interesting you talked about the character of Luigi being as big as Mario. Uh, the original writer of the film turned in a, also wrote Rain Man, and he turned in a draft that was quite similar to Rain Man and The Wizard, uh, about a kind of older brother who uh, was wise to the world, helping an autistic younger brother, and they were Mario and Luigi in this case. But Nintendo didn't really like it, they found it was a bit serious and a little bit too much like Rain Man, and also like The Wizard. Um, so it went through it, dozens of other rewrites, uh, including on set at the time. It was like Casablanca being rewritten every it day. It feels like the best movie to work in. It feels like a 10 out of 10 movie to work in. It was the worst movie to, to work in. No. Okay, you know that I'm all about scamming my way through like medical school. You know what I mean? It's like, what is the minimal amount of work that I can do to still at the end of the day be able to get that sweet, <laughs> sweet medical degree? Okay. If anyone is actually watching this, I try very hard in medical school and obviously don't scam my way through it in any way, shape, or form. That was a joke. Okay, so my point is, imagine that you're an actor and you're getting paid to, like, do your job every day. You know what I mean? Like, you have a contract, you have a certain amount of hours you have to work, but then also there's going to be all that investment that you have outside of work in the sense that you have to be memorizing lines, you have to know the script, you have to do background research on your character. Imagine a movie where you don't have to do any of that. Like the man who plays um, President Koopa, President Koopa is that? that is I don't not. know character names. Yes, he was he was interviewed and he was saying, yeah, I don't even bother to like do background research or memorize my lines anymore. I just do it scene by scene. And I was thinking that would be fantastic. You mean I can sit around sipping margaritas all day and just walk in and people will tell me what to do? That sounds it? like the best way to get money. Did you get a Trump vibe from King Koopa? He has like the yes. 1980s power suit, the red tie, the blonde hair. Yes, but um, also, you know, discussions regarding Trump make me get high blood pressure and slight <laughs> frustration. So it, I'm it just going to... As well, if Back to the Future Part 2, like the alternative 1980s where everything was like <laughs> terrible and Biff was, I think he was president or mayor or something in it. And I would love to live in that place. Everything well, looked amazing. We do, live in, we do live in an alternative world where there's a Super Mario Bros. movie and it was terrible. So at least one part of the world was terrible. Yeah. yeah. I feel That's really that. personally attacked by your statements. I think it was a really good movie. Okay. I will fight someone. So do you, you. know who, they, do you know who their uh, original choice was to play Mario? Who? Tell me. I'm not answering any of your questions and it makes me nervous. Yeah, you're like, I'm done answering. This is like anatomy lab all over again where you're like, is it Dora? Answer the question. I'm like, you're <laughs> cute like me. <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks, which might surprise you, uh, but he was coming off movies like Big, Flash in the 80s, so you could see him playing the kind of a, a character like this. With, um, uh, but they chose him, because, or they turned him down because he's quite expensive and he'd come off a string of flops such as um, uh, Bonfire of the Vanities, most famously. And instead, he took on the, his first Oscar-winning role, which was... You're really not getting the whole answering questions thing. I'm, I'm not. This is... Okay, we've discussed this. I get stressed. <laughs> Sorry, I won't keep answering your questions. It was Philadelphia, followed by Forrest Gump. So he was Mario, who... Um, yeah, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was approached to play the role of uh, of Bowser, which 
or Hinkuba in this place. Actually, I don't. I don't think I would have liked that. I think that Arnold Schwarzenegger wouldn't have given the correct vibe. I appreciate the fact that he's not in it. I feel like Dennis and I like Hopper. Governator. Like all political leanings aside, I like the Governor. I feel like Dennis Hopper got the tone better, but this was like last action hero era. Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he's beginning to become self-aware. I feel like he could have played the role well. I don't know. Like, I appreciate the fact that Dennis Hopper brought a certain, um, je ne sais pas, like, a very, uh, I'm drunk and am not enjoying this role, so I'm going to have a fantastic time doing it. Like, there's a certain amount of, like, alcoholism that I just think that Arnold Schwarzenegger could not have. So what, what beer was he not drinking on set? Um, Paps Blue Ribbon, the shitty... Paps Blue Ribbon. Heineken's the worst. I don't know, there are a lot of bad beers. But my point is that Heineken isn't a real beer. What are you doing, sir? And she only has has Heineken and out of date Budweiser. So I had to choose between the two. You're better than this. (laughs) There's no Paps Blue Ribbon in the house. And you probably saw me looking around earlier. I was looking for my other beer. I thought I'd had some, but anyway, it doesn't matter. You're um, deeply offended right now. <laughs> also, we didn't mention in the top background, but the character of Toad is a like a street singer for some reason. And they originally got to cast Tom Waits in the role, which would have just been the most bizarre role ever. But I like it. It's a gigantic world covered by fungus, um, yes. which turns out to be an autonomous king. Fungus is really ugly. It's like... It's like Blade Runner if you if you left the sets for like a couple of years and you came back and it looked like The Last of Us where it is just covered in this disgusting looking fungus it everywhere. Was a vibe. But also I do agree. I think that the fungus should have been a bit cuter. I wanted more like Animal Crossing Island mushroom aesthetic. As an aside, I redesigned my entire Animal Crossing Island and now its entire aesthetic is magical mushroom fairy queen and I just think it should have been a bit more like that. Can you can you fit under the mushroom though? That's the real question. Yeah, okay. So they do have giant mushrooms that are like bigger than me, but I haven't gotten the recipe yet. I've literally been going through the same 15 days of November in an attempt to get myself like a mushroom umbrella. You're like, I need it in my life. But I did have a mushroom chair and mushroom lamps, and my island is, like, magical. When is, the mushrooms should have looked like that. They should have been cute. They should have been aesthetic. One, one, like, one of the problems with this film was that they wanted to do a like Blade Runner vibe, which is fine. And there is one set when they get to like, this dino Manhattan for the first time, and it looks cool. But they also were trying to make like a cutesy movie that appealed to kids. So when you see the character of Yoshi, he's supposed to be this like cute animatronic dinosaur. He looks weird. I uh, love him. He looks, he looks strange and ugly. The As a child weird. in this podcast. So. Um, and then the Goombas, instead of like having like small bodies and gigantic heads, they have gigantic bodies. Like they're like nine feet tall with these tiny lizard heads. And it's really awkward like and really unintentionally scary. And then uh, Toad, our country music singer, gets turned into a Goomba. Um, except what a nice Goomba! And he has a little, like, harmonica. <laughs> he has a little harmonica for them. I don't think he ever plays it, though. And it's, it's so it's so off-putting. It's the stuff of Nightmare Fuel. It's um, presumably where they got the inspiration for Cats 2019. Like, just that. Remember when we were, um, I think it was we were out in 
Malaga or was it where the Guggenheim was? Um, and we got a harmonica and it just became the two of us stealing the harmonica, trolling each other by blowing at the harmonica. Yeah. If anyone hasn't tried harmonica before, get one and then just like blow it in someone's <laughs> ear when they don't expect it. It's the most annoying thing in the world. It was Where's very romantic. It's still in your room. Made the mood great. Yeah. I think it was where the Guggenheim was. No, but where did well, we need to get the harmonica again and just play it? You have the harmonica. Yeah. You have the, the harmonica. I, I don't think so. I think I would have just brought it into work and started like playing it to piss off people. It's an ultimate troll move. No, I think that your children. I mean, I think that like the uh, pediatric patients would have actually really liked it. They might have, but I'm also working on like a neonatal ward now, so I think all the midwives and babies would just hate me. Oh, yeah, no, the middlewives would hate you. The middlewives would kill you. But it probably, they would injure you so much that you would actually get time off. So it sounds like a really good way to scam yourself into some time off. It's a good chat. Very good chat. Um, so I, why, do you, why do you think this movie, so this movie you said it was a fun movie to get to be drunk during. Um, evidently it was, because the only way the main actors could get through this movie was by drinking the entire time, um, including uh, the main actor who played Mario, who was also in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm, I'm trying to remember his name. It is Bob Hoskins, which I totally didn't look up on Wikipedia there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, got, he used to get shit-faced with um, Dennis Hopper all the time. So much so that he once drove home drunk and broke his arm and had to close down shooting for a couple of weeks while his arm was. Yeah. So, so kids DUI don't is drive, not sexy. In a terrible movie. Very bad. But also getting trashed during movie, possibly okay. Like, But also if you're an actor, you probably have <laughs> enough money to pay someone to drive you home. So yeah. mm, poor life choices. I feel like it's the only way to get your film like that, where people are just constantly throwing new pages at you and the script is getting worse and worse. Like, I've worked as a screenwriter where people have, like, thrown redrafts at you, or it's like, I took out all the good witty lines you had and, like, shoehorned in all this other crap. And you're like, oh, God, this movie is going to be terrible. At least with stuff when I was writing, I could just walk away from it. But if you're contractually, contractually obliged to act in a film, no matter what turns up, you have to act it. So you um, just if you're contractually obliged to act in the film, it's welcome to the easiest paycheck you will ever earn as a committed actor. It wasn't easy. I feel like these people were miserable because it went like over budget. The it went over time. The direction wasn't clear. Simple shot shots took forever to get right. Like people were on fire during different parts of the set, and everyone's just like, well, I guess we've got to go on with it. Yeah, but okay. Here's the thing. Let's say, like, I'm, like, a serious actor, TM. You know mm. what I mean? And I need to put in all this investment and all this time into being the correct character for the movie. I feel like there is a certain appeal to not having to really commit to anything. Like I was saying, they got to walk in and just read their lines. So, as I mentioned, to get through this day-to-day shoot, uh, both Bob Hoskins, who played Mario... And Dennis Hopper, who played our villain, King Koopa, were drinking day in, day out uh, to, uh, to get through the shoot. And Bob Hoskins got so drunk that he drove home drunk and broke his arm, which 
caused a mm. week delayed several weeks in shooting. Mm. So I'm gonna say like DUIs are not okay, not sexy, not about that life. Should have made better life choices. But if you're a Hollywood star and you actually have so much money, like I see zero issue in a problematic shoe for you to spend all day drinking. He just should have hired someone to drive him back home. Yeah, I feel like if you're like a Hollywood actor and you're getting paid hundreds of thousands, not millions for a shoot, you could probably afford to have a driver. Um, I do not blame Uber. This film seems absolutely awful from reading it. And I can imagine just being completely demoralized because I've been a writer and I've like, you know, rewritten drafts and got them back where it's like, hey, I took out all the funny one-liners and zingers that you put in and all the character development and replaced it with like shoehorn crap. I can totally imagine, like, the writers being like, why is all this fungus here? And Here's the problem, Cormac. Now, for? Here's the problem, Cormac. Now you're just reliving all the trauma you've had as a writer where you've tried to help your friends by editing their scripts, and then they just go back and they're like, oh, yes, all your carefully well-thought-out witty edits. No. No. But, but literally, they, they don't. Like, when you rewrite someone's script, especially if they're, like, you know, the visionary... They basically just read your draft and it's like, mm, I'm going to take three lines out of it and use their first draft. Like, it's like, okay, sir, why did I spend, why did you let me spend hours helping you? People are too precious. It's like when Joss Whedon wrote a draft of X-Men and they kept exactly two lines that they wrote. And I was like, why bother getting Joss Whedon? Who at this stage had already made Buffy and had uh, been a co-writer on Toy Story, which got an Oscar nomination for Best Original Screenplay. With uh, one of the Coen brothers, nonetheless. That must have been an interesting writing team. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Joss Whedon. I have, like, some opinions on Joss Whedon. However, Buffy is my childhood. But why did the, why did Toy Story not show Bo Peep's feet? If it was written by Joss Whedon. In fact, Joss- it, shows, it showed the mom's feet, like, stepping on, that, on one of the soldier men. And crushing him like maybe that's some sort of a fetish of Joss Whedon perhaps but yeah my point is like okay I understand being like a hashtag serious actor and really valuing your craft and everything but once you realize that you're in a bad situation I do just think that there's a certain aspect of like rolling with the punches like you've signed the contract you have to do the movie like why not just enjoy the chaos embrace the chaos but maybe I've just been in, like, medicine for too long at this point, and I'm just like, the chaos, the disorganization. Let's go forward. <laughs> so you get it. You, you get it. Yeah, you're like that yeah. French philosopher. It's like, you have to uh, be, uh, become Sisyphus uh, rolling the rock up the hill, and this is life, but you have to embrace the rolling. Or it's like my parents, because I'm always like, Mom, Dad, like, I have all these plans, but now coronavirus happened and everything's getting destroyed. My parents are just like, ha, it's Dora. Welcome to life. You're going to make all these plans. They're never going to happen. You just have to learn how to be happy anyway. And I'm like, ah, yes. I was not raised under a military dictatorship. I got raised in, like, nice 90s America. So I probably have a completely different perspective. Nice 90s America are the worst thing that could happen is a film like this. And uh, Albert Camus, that is the philosopher I was thinking of. And writer. Um, also, wait. So this movie, um, the original New York Times article that you read about this movie, it came out in 1992. The time I was born. So this movie was made for me. 
Exactly, it was made in your born. I feel like this, what's dated this movie the most is that it's a live action movie aimed primarily at children. I feel that doesn't happen anymore. Like now everything is animated. And there is something like uh, kind of in this, uh, vaguely nostalgic and whimsical looking at a film like this. Like it reminds me a little bit of Jumanji and films of that era that had like over the top cartoonish elements, but with actual actors. I mean, uh, I'm actually pretty pro the live action thing. I feel like if they'd embraced the camp tone a little bit more, it would have been a hit. And if they'd lightened it a bit and got rid of the fungus. I like everything in the movie. My only issues are... Actually, no, my only issue really... Actually, no, two issues. Two issues. Where is Peach? And two, Daisy's Dress. Those are the issues. Would have been a perfect movie otherwise. It's currently like a 9.5, but I really think that would have like bumped it up to a 10. I thought the Daisy actress was really cute. I was like, how did she not get any more roles after this? Like, her biggest role afterwards was the secretary who almost gets killed in American Psycho. Yeah, uh, no, I actually, I liked her. Like, I actually genuinely enjoyed her as an actress. And she had that very, like, 90s female heroine look. You know what I mean? Like, there's a specific yeah. way that women in that time period, if they were, like, the main, like, female protag looked. And she has that. She has that kind of, like, spunk. I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. an independent girl. It's this kind of girl power look. And ironically, she is now, like, the vice president of the Screen Actors Guild in America. And her role in this movie is, like, standing up to some, like, corrupt developer who wants to destroy this dinosaur skeleton site. Um, so it's kind of like life imitating art. Like, I see how a producer look at her and it's like, yeah, this girl's kind of spunky and fun. Like, um, totally imagine her in the movie. Like, I just wish she had had a better breakout role movie. So that she might have had more of a career. I I will say that overall, really did enjoy her. Like everything about her had like serious like girl crush vibes. You know? Did any, did anyone come out of this movie well? Did anyone come out thinking like, ah, oh, they did a pretty good job with the material they were given? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think everyone did a great job with the material they were given. When you consider the material they were given, honey. The material is terrible. But did anyone turn in a good performance? Like, I, I don't think so. I, everyone I, turned in. Why do you not see that I, everyone turned in an amazing performance? I think Dennis Hopper, uh, like, when he's having more fun in a role, like in Blue Velvet or in Waterworld, he's very entertaining. But I feel like this role, he was just like, oh, oh God, well, this is terrible. Man. Make it stop. Mr. Evil Man guy who's a dinosaur. I don't know character names. I literally just know, like, Daisy, because I'm like, I have a crush on Daisy. Like, we'll just keep up that one. All Everyone else is like, what is your name? Like, I don't care. There's, like, singing Mushroom Man. Like, who, know, who knows? My point yeah. is... Um, and how can you not remember Mario's name or Luigi's name? The movie's literally Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, but they're, like, not as important. I'm just like, it's, a, it's actually just a movie about Daisy. It's actually just a movie about my girl crush, Daisy. But you say it's a movie about, about Daisy. There is not a lot of female agency in this movie. Like, it's it's this girl gets kidnapped, and she's kidnapped for, like, most of the movie. And I don't think she does anything exciting to free herself. Like, even compared to, um, you know, Holly Gennaro, John McClane's wife in Die Hard, like, like, she tries to save people, and she has some degree of agency. I feel like um daisy just gets kidnapped and then from there doesn't do a lot like i don't even think she frees herself i think she's freed by mario i mean well no she actually she frees if i remember correctly she frees herself somewhat through the power of friendship because she befriended the one 
Yoshi? That, not so. Yoshi. Um, okay, Toad gets converted into... Oh, Toad into a Goomba. Yeah, and then Toad was, like, helping rescue her. So, that sure, it's very, so very Yu-Gi-Oh, like, like, the power of friendship But she leaves her, her, like, hotel room that wasn't even locked. And I was like, what is the point of this? Like, were you even being imprisoned? I mean, I know, but also, like, okay, as a woman... Um, I do find that occasionally it's quite hard to find movies in the 90s and before that in which there was, like, a large amount of female agency. I mean, there definitely are movies that did. But if I'm going to look at, like, a multitude of mainstream movies and try to find the character that I find relatable, like, that character is going to statistically most likely be a woman who doesn't necessarily have the most amount of agency. I really appreciate that in movies nowadays, women have more agency and we're trying to be more equal, although there's you know, a multitude of problems in the current movie industry. Yeah. But I liked her. She was nice. She was relatable. Um, and she was really cool and spunky and assertive. And, and she had an almost, like, Buffy-esque, like, I've come to kick a bitch kind of attitude. Yeah, and I feel like when Joss Whedon wrote the script for Buffy and for the Buffy film, he was sick of seeing these slasher movies where, like, the hot blondes get killed off, you know, immediately and don't have any sort of character development or, you know, role in the resolution of the film. Um, I feel if it was made maybe 10 years later, she might have done more. But that said, in Daredevil, um, our um, Elektra character, Jennifer Garner, gets killed two-thirds of the way through the movie. Spoiler alert. Uh, just to give Ben Affleck more reason to be angry and tap into his pain before the final boss fight. So maybe if it came out 20 years later, like if it came out today, she would have more agency. I mean, maybe, but also, like, would we have had a Mario movie today? Who knows? However, we did have Detective Pikachu, and Detective Pikachu was like... They're making a Mario movie at the moment. Uh, Illumination Films, it was released in the Sony League in 2012. Illumination Films were working on a, um, like, a fully CGI uh, kids movie. So kind of like a Despicable Me style movie with Mario. But I hate Despicable Me, so I think it's going to be terrible. I mean, I don't like Despicable Me very much. I like the I like the girl's haircut in Despicable Me where she has, like, a little bun on top of her head because I'm like, that's me every night when I put my hair in a bun. That's true. I think you look like the little um, Oompa Loompas from the remake of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like the Tim yeah, Bird. that obviously speaks volumes about why you adore me. Oh, yes, this is my girlfriend. She looks like an Oompa Loompa. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 That's cool. cool. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I feel like we've we've talked about this film a lot. Um, could you give it a star rating and a brief reason why you think someone should watch the film? Nine point five. I'm actually not joking about that in even like a vaguely ironic way, and I'm not even enjoying this in a. In a genuine ironic way like I actually like this movie like there are movies that I like for hashtag ironic reasons but this is actually like a movie that I properly enjoy you don't even need to be drunk to like it it's fun it's good the aesthetic is wonderful you can tell how much effort was put into the set design and world building is hard dude World building is super difficult to do and they actually created like this really unique perspective on like world building that I thought was awesome and overall like I've watched worse 90s movies I've watched a multitude of worse 90s movies and I really enjoyed it like 
sure. Maybe talking to you about it right now, I can't tap into the like exact aesthetically ecstatic reason that I loved it. But I watched it and the genuine enjoyment that I felt was so real and so honest and so earnest. And it just tapped into like so many aspects of my childhood that I loved. I thought it was a really good movie. And, you know, maybe that's because everyone was drunk the whole time. Maybe I just enjoy like watching drunk actors. Who knows? I don't. But I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, My issues and the reason that it receives a point five deduction is because A, throughout a large portion of the movie, Daisy is wearing a purple dress. And for those of us who've seen the character of Daisy, her aesthetic is orange. And so I really do think... I think instead of a blonde. Yes. I mean, that's, that's just already asking for too much, obviously. Like... I just needed her to wear an orange dress. I think they made a really beautiful purple dress. Also, the costume design was amazing. But they made her a really beautiful purple dress. And I just think that it could have been better in orange. I think it would have been more in character. And then Mario's girlfriend was not named Peach. That just seemed like a really easy one. Okay, so I'm going to give this movie two stars. I feel the only thing that makes it Why not is this terrible... Not beer? I is... need this. To be beer now. That design looks cool. Like when you see the Dinosaur World for the first time and in the climax, it was filmed in this big cement factory. Like it's a gigantic set. Looks really cool. Like mar- rivals anything from the era. Um, and I liked kind of the romantic subplot between Luigi and um, Daisy. Like I thought they were both uh, fairly hey. endearing. Apart from that, I thought the movie was a mess. I think this is the movie that people point to when they say video game movies are terrible. Like, I think even kids who are, like, 10 years old at the time going to this movie with their parents are like, what the hell am I watching? 10-year-old me would have loved this. I, I feel if I watched it as a 10-year-old, I'd just be like, this is not the Mario I know and love. And what strange diet Blade Runner have you tricked me into watching? I feel I'm people kidding. definitely didn't get the film that they were expecting when they got this. Um and while it has, uh, you know, while it has kind of a Blade Runner Total Recall vibe where we don't make those sort of movies anymore with big practical sets and, you know, larger-than-life extras and, you know, worlds that feel kind of lived in, um, I feel like the narrative in this movie is just so muddled and it feels like a movie that's gone through nine drafts and the actors have just stopped trying that I can't really recommend it for anyone other Stop. than... Bad Cormac, Bad Cormac, stop. Everyone needs to watch this movie. Why are you doing this? Okay. Bad. Bad. Also, the movie is boring in large parts. The same problem I had with Cats. Um, Like the entire second act of the movie, I was like watching my... Um, Roger Ebert said that that no no bad movie is too short and no good movie is too long. And I feel like it was like that with this. Like I was like, could this movie be 40 minutes long? No. Because I needed also, whatever two hours of world building. The special effects were terrible. They spent forty million dollars this movie in nineteen ninety three money, and like when they're going between worlds, the effects look awful. I thought it looked cool. Like it was trying for an image, and it succeeded kind of. I like it, and I will fight someone for this movie. I'm like, bring it, bring okay. it. Okay. Well, let us know in the comments what you think. Uh, have you seen this movie? Do you like it? Which one yes. of us is right? Is there an objective? Me. Is there a right? 
There is an objective truth. <laughs> and we'll be back to you next week with our next film watch. Is Dora any ideas for our next film? Why? I can never answer anything that you ask. I want to do Frozen. Or Frozen 2. You didn't like, you didn't want to watch Frozen 2. I hated Frozen 2. Or, but Into the Unknown is such a bop. We could do we could do Frozen Two or we could do Cats Twenty Nineteen. They're both equally terrible movies. We'll choose something. I feel like we have a list. We have a list somewhere. We have a list of good bad movies that include Showgirls as well. Hmm. Yeah. Let's look through that and get back to our viewers next week. Uh, I'm Cormac Duff. This is. And this is Dora. Uh, thanks for listening, and see you next time. Bye.